three, two, one. Oh, you bit me. Oh, you bit my toe. Oh, you bit my poor toe. That's not fair. I didn't try and hurt you, you know, did I? That was a quote from <laughs> the sequel series to Kimba, Leo the Lion, 1966. Great voice acting <laughs> dub. I'm Adam from Your Movie Sex. This is Sardonicus. <laughs> bizarre. <laughs> Very bizarre. Uh, I'm Ralph from YouTube.com slash Ralph the Movie Maker. And I'm Alex from IHG. Yeah, there you go. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> How are we doing? Eh, I'm a little tired. My voice is a little groggy. A bleeding. Sleep. Yeah, oh, I had a nosebleed when I woke up. It was really shitty. The tissues are not in my nose anymore. It stopped for now. It could start at any moment again, though. <laughs> so I've got I've got some ready. I just get nosebleeds sometimes. It's unfortunate. Like an anime character. Yes, I guess. <laughs> why Why do you associate that with anime, though? Is that not like an anime trope where like they see something and then they get the nosebleed kind, thing? I, I guess. So, yeah. Someone in the comments is going to back me up on this. I, I swear. No, yeah, I know thing. what you mean. I've, I, I don't know if I associate that with anime because I don't watch a lot of anime. So right, <laughs> that might be why. But I've, I've seen that before for sure in like memes on the internet, like other animated stuff. Yeah. So there's some exciting news. It's exciting. Literally everyone is going to be in the Spider-Man 3 Marvel movie. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. the exciting news. Yeah. Very yeah, exciting. so all of the Spider-Mans, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, is it Mary Jane also? Oh, Who I don't know. Because you can never, like, you have to independently research each of these because so many people are making memes about it. Yeah, so like, <laughs> yeah, it's out of control now. You, you don't know which yeah, ones so are real anymore, but at least okay. at least Toby and at least Andrew Garfield. Yeah, we'll we'll just see then. Yeah, that's it's speculation. Most of it, I bet. Yeah, to me, the important one is Willem Dafoe and Alfred Molina, though. Is Willem Dafoe actually in it? Well, I saw an article saying they're trying to they're trying they're to get trying him. To. I don't think it's confirmed. Yeah, mm-hmm. it might be confirmed by the time this episode goes up. But okay, please, they can't. You can't recast him. He's too perfect. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's that's a big thing. I don't know what kind of script they're going to have. They could probably they probably have something where like they don't even need all of these characters in the script and they'll just put in whoever they can get, right? <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, they might not I even need to recast. What's crazy is that uh, there was an episode of this podcast where I was saying that I would love for that sort of thing to happen. And then yeah, I remember. a few hours later after we recorded it on that day, then articles started coming out speculating it. I was like, "Ah, fuck." But the episode hadn't published yet. But I, I was oh, thinking about that no at 11 a.m. on Monday of whichever that week was. And then, and then it started happening. It was really weird. I'm connected to the Spider-Verse. You're connected to Marvel. Yeah, it's my spirit <laughs> animal. It's your jam. Your Marvel YouTube channel. Yeah. You know how I do all my reviews dressed up in like some Star <laughs> Wars costume or something. That's not even Marvel. That's just Disney. <laughs> Did I say my brain was yeah, much today right, and I didn't sleep? <laughs> yeah, and it's voiceover anyway. So you could be recording and like, oh, Marvel yeah. stuff all exactly. the time. We just wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah. Famous Marvel character Boba Fett. I was just asking, do we know if or when this is coming out? Because it's a lot of speculation and I don't even know if there's a script or like anything. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, Is there a set date for this? What or? was the amount of time between the first two? I can look at Disney's list. John they Watts, probably have Spider-Man. a list coming out. Oh, yeah. They did create like a big list of things. They said they were going to scale back Star Wars, and then now they're announcing like a bazillion Star Wars things. Yeah. It's like mm-hmm. tens of projects. And it probably has to do with the success of The Mandalorian. Yeah. 
At which point, there must have been some sort of meeting at Disney where they realized, wait a minute, it's not the franchise that was bad, but it was the scripts, the directors... (laughs) What the decisions? It's not just it's not just the franchise itself that people were disinterested in. What? <laughs> Fuck off! <laughs> Crazy. Just how stupid they are. Yeah, it's bizarre. Do you find it funny how for this third Spider-Man movie? Do you remember when the when the first Spider-Man three came out? It was kind of like the joke that it was it was too packed full of shit. Oh yeah, that's kind of why it fell apart. And now we're hearing about this third Spider-Man, and it's like that on steroids with every possible character ever returning. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I'm like, it'll be interesting, fun sort of thing for sure. When I was speculating about this sort of thing, my dream scenario would be something like this, but not directed by John Watts. So it doesn't (laughs) seem like I'm going to get what I want, because every bit of nostalgia that I have for the original Spider-Man trilogy is... Very much because of Sam Raimi, not just Tobey Maguire. It's not just the actors, right? It's the presentation, it's the style, it's the mood, it's the tone. I'm not a huge fan of the John Watts Spider-Man movies. I feel like the shot composition cinematography is just so bland, right? It's the weakest thing about them, yeah. Yeah, and whereas like in the Raimi trilogy, it's like the most important part, <laughs> really. Mm-hmm. It's like the most defining yeah, trait. Yeah, it makes sense to have like frenetic direction with a frenetic character like Spider-Man. Yeah. So, yeah, it's a bit disappointing, but... Yeah, I don't know what the fuck they're going to do, but it's news. They're bringing <laughs> back the guy that said, hey, you stole my pizza. <laughs> or something. Wait, is, they're not really. Is that, just too is that like, a, was that a real one or a meme no, one? it's just I, I want that guy back. Oh, Bring yeah. him back to you. They're bringing back Stan Lee from the grave. Oh, no. I got this release schedule up here. Oh, yeah? For Disney. Yeah. It's apparently oh, supposed to come going? out next year. The Spider-Man? Like the Spider-Man movie. What? The end of 2021. The movie to save cinema. Yeah, the movie to save cinema. They'll, they'll probably push it back. Seems like everybody will just be back for one scene or some shit. I don't know. It'll be like a cameo appearance. There's also like another Thor movie. You know, they're planning that. Yay. Thor Love and Thunder. Yeah. Like, I don't know. More Thor. I, I agree with what you're saying. The Spider-Man movies are kind of whatever. <laughs> yeah. At this point. It doesn't it doesn't matter how many nostalgic actors you throw into it. Like, just seems like a mm-hmm. gimmick. Yeah. It's not going to really... And we just had a perfect movie. Spider-Verse movie. Exactly, right? If you did, like, a sequel to Spider-Verse where those characters were back into it, I would prefer that in the Spider-Verse franchise than in the John Watts Spider-Man franchise. Yeah, it would just make more sense, too. Yeah. People like live action, though. They make more money off the real actors being there, wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. The National Film Registry. Yeah, added, real cinema. Yeah, they added some classics like uh, Shrek. <laughs> well, they added Clockwork Orange. They, they, they just added Clockwork Grease. Orange? Yeah, sometimes it takes a while. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Wow. Grease, like that's, you know, that took a, long, a while. Some movies are recent. They just added The Hurt Locker. That's pretty recent. Interesting. I think the minimum is yeah the ten, the minimum is ten years for the movie to be added. Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight was a big Shrek. one. <laughs> yeah. Shrek, yeah, the Dark Knight about makes twenty sense. years. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. It shows that Shrek had a, a lasting impact. But yeah, Shrek has been memed so hard, people forget the qualities of that original movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You guys want to explain what it is briefly? The National Film Registry. Do I mean, you? It's, you know, an American thing. It's your country. Yeah, dude. Well, it's just a, you know, a historical record of 
important films that had some kind of cultural significance. Yeah. Kind of like preserving it for history. It's like if the government said, these are the good movies. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. These are the ones you should watch. Yeah. It seems to be a a bit more about like preservation than anything, or at least that's what I gather from it. Yeah. So I guess they probably have like original film reels. And I, I guess that they probably like routinely make copies of them, like if it is film, or maybe they it's probably all digitized now. Yeah, there'll be some backup process. I'm wondering if they pay the film companies for this, or if they're just allowed to do it because it's the government. Yeah, I don't know. There's 800 films in it, apparently. Only 800? Yeah, I don't know how long they've been doing this. Damn. It started in a late, yeah, 1989. Okay. Early 90s, basically. Okay. And is there like a set Not amount long, that they maybe. add every year or? It doesn't seem like it. So they can just add them whenever. Yeah. And they only have, what did you say, 800? It sounds about right. Yeah, according to this independent article I'm reading, it stands at about two, 800, sorry. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, there's a lot they need to add on there, of course. Yeah. Um, But, you know, it's just the films they think are the most important. You know, some movies, yeah, correct. you know, they weren't even that big when they came out and then... You know, now they've been recognized on this list. Mm -hmm. I think that even if Shrek was just a meme and there were no other good qualities, I think it should be on the National Film Registry. (laughs) Agreed. Right? It's like a cultural impact. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I believe like Pixar films are on there. Mm -hmm. Do you think we'll ever get like a Neil Breen film there? Okay. So like Tommy, (laughs) Tommy Wiseau. The Room is like a culturally impactful film. Yeah, I don't know if they'll include that, though. Exactly, they won't, but yeah, that'd be yeah. really it's interesting. It's so bad, it's good film. It's like an interesting subgenre, yeah. You can make a case for Definitely it, Definitely yeah. an impact, but mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> it's a bit of a bad movie. It's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's such a big movie that there was another movie made about the making of the movie, right? Yeah. That alone... <laughs> That and that movie added. was successful. I mean, that's more of a real film. Yeah, that's a real film. <laughs> yeah. So I think you could definitely make a case for the room being on the National Film Registry. Mm-hmm. Do they have to be American Clerks films? Is on there. Probably, right? Not necessarily. I don't think so. Oh, really? We should find out if there are any non-American films on there. Tell us in the comments section what film you think would should be added to the National <laughs> Film Registry. The Let us know. <laughs> King Kong 2005. <laughs> That'd be funny they add that one and they don't have the 33 one. Is there a way to just search for them? Yeah, I wish there was. Uh, I don't know if the Lord of the Rings films are on here. If not, they, they totally should be, you know. Mm-hmm. It'd be great if they just had like a shitty sequel to a movie and not the movie itself. <laughs> Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like something like that. I want to know what dictates these decisions or like who's working there, you know? Yeah, might be a vote. It's a secret organization. Anyway, <laughs> in other news, I guess before we start talking about a movie, there's a uh, Twitter account called Noise, and it's a marketing account <laughs> for chaos walking, and it's very stupid and silly. Really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. You just sent it to me. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, what is this? It's for <laughs> it's for chaos walking. Yeah, it's a, it's a <laughs> verified account. It has 1,500 followers, which... You can't escape. Speaks volumes to uh, <laughs> just how easy it is for a company to get a, a Twitter account verified rather yeah. than an actual person. Yeah. The last that last tweet there. Do you guys want to hear my hot take? And then what does that say? Boat scene. 
I can't read it because of the stupid like text thing they've yeah, done. Yeah, so you... <laughs> scene rights. I don't know what that says. (laughs) So, you know, that stupid fucking uh, text that's like creepy text where it goes like up and down further than it should on the screen. That's basically this whole Twitter account. And it's really lame because this shit is so old. And despite whoever's operating this Twitter account, I guess role playing as the noise from the upcoming disaster (laughs) chaos walking. They're just... They're tweeting about What's like the Beyonce, Beyonce tweet about. Yeah, like it's. Let me see if I can find. This that. is very funny. Yeah, yeah, I see. I see the chaos walking clip. So yeah, it's totally. Imagine being afraid of Grammy award winning Beyonce because a song makes noises, which is what a song is supposed oh, to make. There's like fake Twitter accounts following it and leaving comments. They're like fans oh. of <laughs> chaos walking. Yeah, like fake chaos walking fans. Like no way. <laughs> There's two there's two popular people in it. So someone was paid to do this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they've uh between November 16th and December 10th, they've made like, I don't know, 20 tweets or something. And this is not even it seems. And this is just like a marketing account that's verified for chaos walking. And now it's like I'm looking at this and I'm thinking like is this are they marketing this as like a scary thing now? Is there are there supposed to be scary elements in this film? Because they're they're like heavily Including implying grasping it straws. It's a little bit of everything. I guess so. But why would you why would you tweet about Beyonce and like something about a dog? I saw <laughs> some really weird stuff on here. <laughs> Just the the inner monologue of a male operating the Twitter account. Because in the movie, it's like you can hear men's thoughts, although. If you really wanted to do the role play of this properly, you'd just be tweeting like every fucking two seconds. Have something new. Just <laughs> literally type out your thoughts. <laughs> the tweet. Yeah, at least go in if you're going to do something like this, you know? Yeah. It's like such, so half-assed. Mm-hmm. Oh, this yeah. is such a fake account. Yeah. This, fake this account? Follower. It's like two... This one. Like, they made it two months ago. Oh, you're looking at... <laughs> like, one of the followers of that chaos okay. walking noise account, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's like totally like there are no fans of this movie. <laughs> I'm you're you're listening to one right now. Okay, it's, it's not even yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm it's so funny. Yeah, noise. It's so dated. That kind of marketing tactic. What's funny is I've probably advertised this movie to a greater degree than that Twitter account. I've brought the mo- yeah. movie to more people. That trailer's funny. Oh yeah, I mean, I bet that that I bet that helped a little. When are we gonna have the pleasure of watching that again? Uh, supposedly January, mm-hmm. and it seems nice. like they're not going to release it digitally. That it'll be a theater only experience because it's so oh, important. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really? that important. I need to go to a theater <laughs> with a mask. I'll probably have to drive like a few hours to see it, yeah. but that's that's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah, everybody, stay tuned for the movie event of the century <laughs> it'll come out on vod at some point exactly where we'll save cinema, what, yeah. what, who's making it like is Lionsgate. it going on hbo max or line okay like yeah. what is that oh do they have a streaming platform i don't think so it'll probably <laughs> i don't know i'm like they yeah sell exactly. it to netflix they're just gonna something. put it up on amazon prime or something yeah i thought it already was a netflix thing but i guess <laughs> i don't think anyone wants it <laughs> Yeah, they don't want it. <laughs> it was supposed to be released yeah, like exactly. three years ago. 
<laughs> the noise wants it. Yeah. And they're fake followers. They hired someone to make a marketing Twitter that's only posted like less than 20 tweets in the past month. <laughs> so we all saw a film that wasn't the official recommendation, but it was something that came out anyway, called Sound of Metal. I almost said mm-hmm. Sound of Noise or Sound of Music. There's too many Sound of movies. <laughs> yeah. It's got Riz Ahmed and the girl from Ready Player One. Olivia Cook. Yeah. yeah. So I, I knew I recognized her. I know, right? She had the it was like halfway through the face, movie yeah. where I was like, holy shit. It's the same. Couldn't recognize her without her uh, ugl- ugly makeup. She's so ugly mm-hmm. with that birthday. Right. Yeah, that was that was bad. But this movie was awesome, though. Yeah. I was really, really enthralled by this. Uh, I really like these music movies and or taking any sense and using it as like a a jumping off point for some kind of story and mm-hmm. the irony of like a drummer losing his hearing and just the way they present it and the way sound is used in the movie itself. I just thought was such mm-hmm. an original and unique way of doing it because a lot of the time when these sensory movies are kind of approached it can den- tend to be more kind of gimmicky or more you know for like horror or scary kind of vibes but mm-hmm. they kind of went way more for a, a serious drama like and, and really followed through with the characters and it was just purely about the effect on this man and how it kind of tears his life apart mm-hmm. and, yeah it's a story of like inner peace and how he comes to deal with it at the end. And I just, I really connected with it. I, I really like inner peace kind of movies like that. And yeah, what did you guys think? Yeah, I thought of Whiplash immediately because the drummer thing, but it becomes like a different movie very early on. Yeah. I like no, that. I was glad it didn't I mean, like really lean on that, that side of it. No, I thought there was going to be really way doesn't. more of him kind of like resisting and loads of scenes of him like still playing in the band and like not coming to terms with it. But, it, it moves on from that fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Riz Ahmed's really good in it, too. He's it's excellent. The best thing about yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought the film was great. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I really I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought Olivia Cook probably wasn't as as excellent as Riz Ahmed was. I think there were some scenes where she didn't, like, totally deliver for me. Like, I wasn't just buying her. Like, there's a scene where she is, uh, she's, like, leaving, like, going into a taxi. And, like, the amount of crying, it just wasn't like convincing you know it just wasn't as much as i think she would be in like that kind of situation um and then i think the the use of sound in it where you kind of go into his point of view and you hear like you know it's like muted or it's muffled Mm -hmm. it seemed like they really put their research in you know yeah yeah it sounds good but i think they did lean on that a bit too much and i actually would have preferred a more objective look at the story and just kind of seeing him kind of function and and we hear the sound. Mm-hmm. I think if they used it more sparingly, it would have been a bit more, have a bit more of a punch when they used it. Because there are some points where they use it, it that it is pretty effective toward mm-hmm. the end. And um, and I just wish they used it a bit less, a yeah, little I bit less. I really enjoyed that aspect. The like perspective sound stuff, is that weird? Yeah, the perspective sound stuff where you would kind of cut to his, um, okay. his hearing. I was actually thinking the opposite, although it would be a completely different movie if it was the way that I was thinking. I was thinking, like, of what a <laughs> yeah. crazy opportunity it would be if literally the entire movie was the sound from his perspective. Like, the moment that he loses his hearing, you mm-hmm. never hear it again as an audience member. The mm-hmm. moment he puts on, uh, I guess, let's let's not spoil the movie, or let's just say spoiler warning, yeah. spoiler discussion, everybody. 
um, the moment he puts on the uh, the implant or or whatever, and everything becomes distorted for us as audience members to hear only that the rest of the movie, I think that would have been insane. I think that would have been like a crazy movie that that I would have really loved. I like this movie a lot either way, although it would be completely different and probably much less accessible yeah. to uh, yeah, average movie Yeah, it would be much goers. less accessible. Yeah. But it's like in the middle, it's halfway, and I don't think mm-hmm. that's great quality. No? I, I would have preferred See, it one way or the other. I really liked that aspect of it because that a huge, we're in spoilers, I guess, a huge part of the movie is, is him kind of trying to gather money so he can get these implants, which is in his head mm-hmm. his 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 great fix for his his problem because he sees it as a problem that he needs to fix and that's kind of his arc in the movie but when he does eventually get those implants and the way there's that whole scene where he comes to the realization of how oh this isn't actually quite the the dream fix solution like that's going to solve all my problems that maybe it really is so then when when you hear the way it sounds from his perspective and the way mm-hmm. the doctor's kind of describing how it's it's not really fixed it it's kind of tricking his brain into thinking it and just the struggle he has in like the party mm-hmm. and how that it's, it's a really that kind of torturous scene for him and just watching his acting as he's like going through it i found that really really gripping especially the mm-hmm. way they did it because yeah. it really it really puts you in his perspective and makes you understand what he's going through because it, it really is his movie and it's all from his perspective so i, I liked that the way they played with sound in that way yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. It never, it never leaves his perspective either. So it's very consistent in that way. Like the entire movie just focused on this one character, uh, essentially. Mm-hmm. Really great cast, I thought. Aside from the the main two, there's the guy who's like a James Bond villain. <laughs> I, I forgot the actor's Which guy? Uh, name. Yes, the he's, French guy. He's like in Quantum of Solace. Oh, I think. <laughs> Mathieu Elmerich. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Why, yeah oh, you can't. Good. Oh man, I don't associate him with that at all. I know that he's played those characters, <laughs> but like, you, neither of you have seen something like Diving Bell and the Butterfly, right? No. Oh, it's an amazing movie. He's in that. Like, I don't associate him with Bond villain or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. so oh shit, he's he's really good though. Fuck, he's a good Bond villain. He's a good Bond villain too. <laughs> the scene with him was very good. It's there's a lot of heavy scenes in the movie, obviously, because it's just about events that completely throw your life off track so it's yeah just... that's a scene where i liked the more objective um like how we just hear it normal you know mm-hmm. um because at yeah. that point he has the implants in and he's just trying to have a normal conversation with uh, olivia cook's father in the movie and you know we don't really know what he's hearing but he's able to like decipher it enough to have a normal conversation and i thought that was like i, th- I thought that made it an interesting scene you know like oh he's able to kind of function again like in in this way um, with mm-hmm. these things like try to have a normal just like a conversation at a table with someone um i, I like that mm-hmm. objective point of view uh, but then there's like the scene afterward where uh they're performing on the piano and and that's one scene where i thought like the use of the, the audio distortion was like really important yeah uh, mm-hmm. it's and, like necessary yeah, know, information can... yeah yeah, and it slowly kind of fades in. Yeah, and it, and it shows like this character, like oh, his life isn't the same. It's kind of, I guess, more pointing that out by by having the sound fade that in or mm-hmm. fade in that way. Yeah, yeah, and it all comes together so cleanly at the end with him accepting the silence and finding mm-hmm. his peace. Like mm-hmm. this yeah. mentor kind of character says earlier on. I I just loved the integration of all the sign language and how he goes from being completely isolated when it's first affecting him and he can't 
communicate with anyone really and just him coming to terms with that and the tragedy of that whole thing too where he yeah he kind of doesn't really listen to the advice of those people and mm-hmm. it, i like it that takes mentor him, character yeah yeah there's a really good scene with them when he mm-hmm. kind of rejects him and turns him away. and Yeah, they talk about, like, the stillness, I think he says. It's, like, stillness. Yeah. And I think that's what he yeah. feels at the end. Like, like, like a sense of peace. Because yeah. he can't be with himself. He uh-huh. can't come to terms with his own trauma. His He's situation. fix it, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He keeps trying to fight it the whole movie. Yeah. And it would have just been much easier to just kind of, yeah, uh, accept That's why it. that final shot where it's just complete silence is so powerful mm-hmm. to me anyway. It's, yeah. Yeah coming the, a great conclusion mm-hmm. i did expect more of a whiplash movie <laughs> from oh the really poster. oh just from oh, okay, <laughs> i was from i was a bit from like the poster and like the marketing i'm like yeah, oh sound of yeah, metal like is this gonna be? and then it was just like oh shit yeah it was pretty like dark drama which i i did like mm-hmm. but it's very it's very to um, focus on that element yeah it was definitely whiplash it, it's like whiplash is one of the comparables for it like oh people will see this because it's like <laughs> oh like so just for marketing i guess <laughs> yeah just from a marketing yeah, perspective it's a very I mean, people like movie. seeing like things yeah it's a very different movie but i wonder if it would have if an executive would have even looked at it <laughs> without like oh it's about drumming people will watch it they like whiplash maybe i don't know yeah like i guess you like to sell your movie you don't really market like a depressing and stressful character self-exploration film <laughs> yeah. right yeah losing his hearing yeah it's deaf yeah have you seen the there's a movie called it's all gone pete tong very similar premise yeah. it's a dj that loses his hearing really good movie but they're mm. they're going for completely different tones it's all gone pete tong there is the element of like self-discovery in it but it's more of like a zany kind of like it, it's way more comedic it's more like a it's it's almost kind of like crazy like a train spotting type type movie almost oh cool whereas mm-hmm. this one is more of like a like really i guess more like introspective very kind of bleak but this one also uh sound of metal also focuses more on like the deaf community which is something that this film mm-hmm. does really well i feel yeah. like it tackles the serious elements a lot better too because, uh, yeah, when, when It's All Gone Pete Tong starts to get more serious, it feels like just not as good as the silly parts. Whereas this one, Sound of Metal, it's all about the serious parts. And, and it does does those things really, really well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of tenderness. Like, I, I really like the scene with the with the kids. Apparently, a lot of that was improvised with him, like, drumming on the, the slide and feeling mm-hmm. the vibrations. Yeah, that was a good yeah, scene. Yeah, it's really, really cool with stuff like that. Yeah, I'd imagine a lot of these actors are just regular deaf people. Yeah, no, um, I think uh, the majority of them were. Um, I think Riz Ahmed, even for part of filming, had like blockers in his ears or something. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I don't think for the full, mm. um, the full filming because I think he yeah. found it a bit difficult <laughs> um, and found it easier to act without them. Yeah. But, Right, and the camera to, would to see take it notes too. from the director. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I thought he was very convincing how he played the, that part, mm-hmm. the, the deaf parts. Yeah, because I was imagining like, oh yeah, he can hear, if obviously, because he's not that, but he's acting. But yeah, he seemed very convincing. Yeah, there's that scene; he's losing it in the RV. Yeah, you can really feel like his character going through this emotionally. 
you can really see yeah. like him break down as an individual well, yeah and on that note i i really felt this kind of nervousness and and tension kind of building because they they kind of tease that he has a past struggling with with drugs and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he's he's clearly a tortured soul in ways so that's that was always in the back of my mind like oh oh no where could this where could this go and i'm glad it doesn't go to the obvious like you know 13 reasons why like drama <laughs> points it could do like no, i was imagining no, it's much more soul. Back, yeah yeah i yeah. was imagining like him when he goes back to his girlfriend there's like another guy in the bed or s- stuff like that that would have kind of taken some of the punch away it's mm-hmm. way more it's way more realistic and kind of intimate in that way. Mm-hmm. There's there's like a choice he makes early on because he's already kind of, he knows he's losing his hearing, but he continues to drum anyway. And they keep things like that, choices vague. So it's not yeah. really like, yeah. And there's a lot of things like that, like his backstory. It makes his character more interesting. He's not really yeah. spelling out like how he's going insane or why he does these things. It's, it's just like, yeah, you, you just believe his character. And Riz Ahmed's the glue that holds the whole thing <laughs> together, I thought. Yeah, he's, he's just he's so great. He's such a great performer. Yeah, he yeah. basically carries the whole movie. Yeah. Um, there are everything else, every other element I thought was pretty good. Um, but he was just excellent. Yeah. It's definitely his movie. Yeah. He's, he's not as good as in Venom, but <laughs> maybe <laughs> a little bit better. Venom, yeah. I was like looking through his IMDb and I was just forgetting some of the great stuff he's been in. Sisters Brothers, Nightcrawler, The Night oh, yeah, of. I really oh, like. Yeah. yeah, Sisters Brothers. Yeah. Yeah, Night of is a very good show, too. Four Lions, mm. even with comedic chops. I mean, he's really talented. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like it might get like some sort of a Oscar nom, maybe. Yeah, awards recognition. I was wondering yeah. how that works. Because, first of all, I believe it was released last year, 2019. And some kind of it's like a festival uh, thing, festival though. yeah yeah something usually like that. usually it, uh-huh. they, they can't this and, is like and a it came out this movie. year mm-hmm, obviously because of what's going on the it just came out on VOD I think most people just watched it recently on VOD um, but I would like the Oscars to consider it mm-hmm. at this point I mean I don't even know what they watch I don't know what yeah, their right? stream of movies is yeah it's just so weird I, I don't know how it's gonna work or, or what they're gonna con- count as a movie or, <laughs> yeah who knows yeah I but think it's, a I good read mo- it's a good film he definitely deserves some kind of award recognition at least a nomination for zamed yeah i agree yeah, everyone else was pretty good like i, I thought olivia cook uh, olivia cook was just like whatever i thought she could have done like you know she was just fine you know mm-hmm. I, th- yeah, I feel like someone, could, could someone else could have made it much yeah someone else could have made it much more interesting and i would have liked the film to focus much more on her too because there's a yeah. lot of like stuff going on with her that's like, okay, well, so what's exactly going on with her? Where is she right now? Yeah, she kind of uh, just left. You know. mm-hmm. The I'm film sure is a bit goes. short. I guess it's good to leave people wanting more, but I, it could have been a bit longer. I would have preferred an over two hour long movie. Oh, really? Because I was enjoying the character a mo- so. that much. Yeah, that, I didn't I have any issues with a bit the more. Yeah, yeah, but like the you know we have many series that kind of flesh out characters a bit more than this kind of movie. And it's like, yeah. okay, if you if this really wants to be a five star movie or like a nine, then we could have like really delved into Olivia Cook's character and um, made the film a bit longer. Because <laughs> I, I was really I guess, enjoying it. Wasn't it. Really I, didn't about think, her. I didn't feel it was dragging at all. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, it wasn't about her, right? I, I yeah, I liked the pace actually. I, I liked the length. Um, mm-hmm. From for for being Riz Ahmed's story, I think it works with it's a, it's a complete story, a complete package. And the Olivia Cook stuff's more 
There's a lot more implied stuff with the dad and everything and the suicide of her mum and stuff like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, this was uh, directed by uh, Darius Marder. Who, oh, yeah, uh, he wrote debut, huh? Place Beyond the Pines. He yeah, he wrote film. Place Beyond the Pines with some other people. Apparently, he's mm-hmm. directed a documentary before this called Loot in 2008 that nobody saw. <laughs> so, yeah, this is ba- basically his his de- directorial debut. Yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. I liked the first third of Place Beyond the Pines. So. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people feel the same way yeah <laughs> yeah that's the one that's like yeah. three movies isn't it in one basically. yeah and one of them is really great <laughs> and then they just get that's right. more boring as it goes along yeah I, yeah I it's very how... ambitious it feels similar mm-hmm. to that sound yeah. of metal is much better i think it's much more consistent yes. yeah yeah more mm-hmm. concise yeah mm-hmm. all right uh what would you I'm give curious this what he's gonna do next at a 10 oh yeah or five at a 10 uh, I'll do both. Out uh, of out of five, it's like four out of five. So mm-hmm. eight out of ten. Yeah, it's, Riz Ahmed's great. So see it just for him. Yeah, I'm with you, Ralph. This is a four star for me. Really enjoyed it. Just anything Riz Ahmed is in, I'm 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 just into his performance. He's got <laughs> such an intensity to him, yeah, especially yeah. Venom. Um, yeah, I'd really recommend checking this out, especially uh, it's on Amazon. So hop on. And I'm giving this one a 7 out of 10. It's closer to an 8 than a 6. We'll see what happens on my next viewing. But I liked it a lot. I would recommend it to everybody. It's really great. Thought it was dank. Nice. All right. And I guess now it's time for the actual movie discussion. It was recommended <laughs> to us. The real one. By Ralph. Yeah. Sound of Metal's a, a real movie. I mean, it's, but this uh, is the so. actual discussion, though. <laughs> yeah, this is the actual yeah, discussion that everyone's been waiting pick. for. <laughs> it's called Bicycle Thieves mm-hmm. from the year 1948. Uh, the Italian name Ladri di Biciclette. Okay. Biciclette? Yeah, I guess nice. so. Films that, yeah, so I enjoyed it a lot, <laughs> obviously. Uh, this is a spoiler discussion. Yes. It's part of the, like, um, I guess there's like we talked about French New Wave before, or we've mentioned it. I think at some mm-hmm. point, this is like mm-hmm. an Italian New Wave, kind of a more naturalistic, um, more about the people of Italy. You know, shot on the street. Very had a it had a very natural feel. Um, it was about like Italian things going on at the time. There's like poverty themes mm-hmm. of poverty in the movie. So yeah, I, I just wanted to recommend it because I thought it was interesting, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Even though it's a short movie, I thought it was very uh, powerful, mm-hmm. and and I liked it a lot. I think it's a very important Italian movie. So, <laughs> and there's yeah. a Criterion of it as well, right? Yes, I think so. Cool. Yeah, is that is that how you guys watched it? No, I I used the internet because my Criterion wouldn't have shown up in time. Okay. Yeah, in the UK, it's on a like an Amazon subsidiary subsidiary streaming thing called like movie or something it's like oh, an art okay. film thing I, yeah, um, I know so Mubi. lucky it was on there so i could yeah <laughs> it's so many weird ones <laughs> i know yeah. yeah i'm sure people it's like a very historically you know important movie so mm-hmm. you could probably find it on like some streaming service yeah some like art house one maybe not disney plus <laughs> 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 not something like that um but you guys liked it i did it's I, a, yeah, I really liked it. It won me over by the end of it. I wasn't completely digging it in the first like twenty minutes or so. Just like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't really feel like um, mm-hmm. the 
tone of the score was like justified throughout it was weird <laughs> yeah. kind of felt like a really sappy music and i wasn't like super interested in things that were happening but it started picking up and i really enjoyed it and i you know i guess when the film started out i was mostly concerning myself with like there's this understanding that something is like a classic historical film it's like the number 100 on the top 250 on imdb also and i was just mm-hmm. like what's in this that justifies that but then by the end of it i was like oh okay i get it i really enjoyed the kids acting for sure i think that he was the best part he honestly. was the standout to me yeah yeah which is weird yeah i thought he was excellent very simple really enjoyed story. All the performances very effective yeah. i think especially for the time like compared to a hollywood movie everything seemed pretty like kind of like a drama you would watch today in terms of acting you mm-hmm. know it was very mm-hmm. believable like the characters weren't exaggerated at all it wasn't really theater acting and there were no instances i think in this movie of like dated acting mm-hmm. i thought it was all really believable and everything didn't nothing felt like a set it all felt real and like even the corporation of weather and and other elements that made things very complicated lots of extras yeah, it oh, yeah. almost seemed like a documentary at points. It yeah. was so kind of believable and it realistic. It reminded me of and... Roma. Like, it's just a drama, mm. but the actual, like, integration of the sets and, like, the, the set pieces almost made yeah. it so, like, interesting to watch. Like, wow, it's just two people talking, but this is fucking awesome, the complexity of this yeah, it was... cinematography. Mm-hmm. The scale of the production I found very impressive with the mm-hmm. way they just Rome was so packed with so many extras and people it was bustling and like a, the the scene where they go to the the market with all the bike pieces and there's just so much going on it's so complicated and the way it's coordinated is so impressive to me yeah, that's what cool. was really keeping me going because I was I was a bit there with you Adam at first in the same way where it was I'm not emotionally connecting with this mm-hmm. beyond just how impressive I'm finding this movie but towards the end when the title comes into play more with the because i was really confused with i when i was always reading the name as bicycle thief and i'd seen it written as bicycle yeah. thief yeah. before um yeah and apparently that comes from some mistranslation in the 90s or something that okay. stuck around and then it was flipped back to thieves because it being translated from italian and whatnot but mm. yeah when and in that last section where the lead character attempts to steal the bike and the the story kind of comes full circle and you see the the way that that drama concludes that really gave the the story a lot of emotional resonance for me and just seeing like the the kid seeing his dad fall to such lows and just the misery that this situation has forced the character into it's really heartbreaking yeah. and powerful stuff mm-hmm. it's definitely a film that's like building up to the climax which is that mm-hmm. scene like it's it's all built up to that and that scene's awesome i I agree with what you guys are saying kind of the first 20 minutes it it takes a while to start Mm -hmm. it's slow paced i guess but once it i think it really gets going i I thought the pacing was pretty brisk and it's actually very brisk yeah 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 Yeah. i like the characters a lot like you said the child performances are really good a lot of crying (laughs) a lot of arguing it's it's really convincing arguing yeah it is it is I ca- I felt so sorry for all the kids in the movie because of course it was shot in the forties yeah. and you mm. know children <laughs> were treated in yeah. a pretty different way to the way they are now. So there's lots of like kids like crying, being s- smacked. Yeah. And f- f- I love the when the kid actor he, like falls in the puddle or whatever, and the way just his acting, the way he's like running his hands down his his clothes, getting the the water off. It just seems so genuine. And so believable, yeah. and it, yeah, I really liked that kid actor, and I thought he was brilliant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
A lot of brilliance in this movie. It feels very authentic, mm-hmm. especially like just with the coordination of of like extras in any environment. You only really think of like the two actors as as like actors, and then everybody else just seems like a regular person, like going about their day, sort of thing. <laughs> right. It's like everyone has their own lives going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another thing that was carrying me through it was just the historical aspect of it just seeing rome in the 40s because a lot of it was obviously shot on location like apparently there's Mm -hmm. even a shot where the little kid almost gets hit by by a couple cars and it's like not planned so (laughs) seeing all the old you know all the old clothing and cars and everything is fascinating from that kind of perspective too yeah there was a moment that i was like kind of confused by where it looked like like the kid was about to like piss on a wall or something and i didn't really understand what was happening oh yeah what was he doing <laughs> oh yeah is that what it was that the implication there i yeah i assumed he was going to pee or something maybe it was a really weird moment <laughs> i didn't there really get what moments. was happening whatever <laughs> <laughs> doesn't matter too much i like when he just gave his kid wine that was cool Oh, yeah. Yeah, wine. it's a very the European Italians, thing, eh? Yeah, they love wine. Get your kid drunk. <laughs> yeah, it's different in Italy. They don't They don't want to get the kid drunk. It's just, you can, you can have some wine. Yeah. It's like a, I feel like it's everyone the 40s. can do a bit of wine after World War II. Yeah. Yeah, everyone drinks wine there. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And wine's actually not that bad for you. Wine's I mean, good for yeah. you. I mean, don't drink too much wine. But wine's <laughs> pretty good for you. If you have a glass of wine a day, you'll be fine. You yeah. might be better. Maybe. Yeah, that's what a lot of Italians do. Yeah. A glass of Everclear a day. There is a scene they're eating, yeah, and there is wine, <laughs> which is great. It's very Italian. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really well filmed overall. The one part that I uh, it didn't look great was the like projector background in the vehicle sort of thing. Oh, yeah. Again, yeah. that's like a, yes. that's like a dated thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my only bit. So go back to the food. Sure. They were he like the the lines like uh he looks over like a rich family and there's like a rich snobby kid eating something. <laughs> and he's like mm-hmm. to to eat like that you need to make ten times what we make. I'm like, what you're looking what you're eating is pretty fucking good they though. Did look good, mm-hmm. yeah. Like I was looking at what they were eating. Mozzarella <laughs> fucking sandwich. like delicious. Yeah, it's like delicious. Yeah, mozzarella it was like fried mozzarella. Like, mm. You know, you see like the cheese like ooze out. Yeah. That's fucking good. Like Italian yeah. food. Like stretch yeah. yeah, that was some good. It was stuff. awesome. Basically an entire sequence dedicated towards stretchy cheese. <laughs> <laughs> right. And <laughs> he's eating like shot. some pasta dish or something. Oh, like, oh that's good. And they're drinking wine, too. That's pretty funny. Yeah, it's like it's a good day. Yeah, like you guys are doing fine. (laughs) (laughs) For the moment. For the moment. The scene ends really, like, kind of sadly, though. As in, like, you Mm -hmm. you can see, like, the father, like, break down when he's, like, trying to distract himself from the situation. Like, that's pretty much why they're there. Mm Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then just reality sets back in. Mm Mm-hmm. The end of the movie is uh, brutal. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's a tragedy. No, that's what makes it so powerful, I think. So you have that hope the whole time that maybe he'll he'll manage to get it back, but of course he doesn't, because that's not really the way the world works with this kind of stuff, especially post-World War II, where it's just complete chaos with crime mm-hmm. and stuff like that and trying to keep on top of it. And just with how organized and when he when he does find the kid eventually, who originally stole the bike and all of his guys kind of stand up for him and he's just there's just nothing the single man can do against the the group of you know the group that uh, the kid was a part of community of you know mm-hmm. yeah so, and, and that kind of inspires him to be like well 
maybe I can do that then if it's that easy to get away with. Yeah, <laughs> and, you can't yeah, beat them. Mm-hmm. Leading into that final scene. Yeah, yeah, it's the two wrongs don't make a right thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's so desperate at that point. How poverty yeah, drives desperation and crime like in Italy and how, yeah, it's just like it's an endless cycle. It just makes it worse. And it's, yeah, it's not even like the there's, there's a mustache twirling villain even. It's just like... No... You know, exactly. it's just they're a victim of circumstance. No, yeah, it's just, it's just like that's the way it is. Like that's the way the world is, right? And like they're actually let off scot free relatively at the end. They kind of lets them go. Like, yeah, I don't want to press charges, and yeah, <laughs> lets them off. Just uh, demoralized. Shows yeah. that yeah, just demoralized. But that relatively is a happy ending compared to what could have happened. True. Yeah. But you just left there. Like, he's like, he's just worse uh-huh. off than he is at the beginning. He doesn't get mm-hmm. the bike back. He's probably going to lose his job because he needed the bike to keep it. Yeah, they yeah. pawned all their shit to get that bike, yeah. so they have even less now. Yeah, it's almost like in a different movie, this would be the first third of it story-wise, and then there would be some yeah. way that he would fix everything mm-hmm. by the end of it. But nope. But there is no way to fix it. <laughs> yeah, you can't fix the world. Yeah. Well, you never know what happens yeah. to this character after the movie ends. You know. Mm-hmm. There's many different possibilities. Yeah, he could have been okay. Yeah, but I guess just the film itself is just telling that part of the story, which I think is really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's proving that point. Like, that's where the story needs to end, you know? And I like that it doesn't end with him, like, going to jail or something. Uh, yeah, I like that, too. I think that would have been a little too far yeah. in the other direction yeah. of morbidity, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or whatever you want to call it. It's, it's Yeah, it's just too, yeah, it's too sad. The kids, it was already pretty sad. <laughs> if it was Ari Aster, he would have done that. And then he would have gotten murdered. He would have gotten some piano wire. <laughs> Put, putting a bear, yeah. Yeah, putting a bear lit on fire. <laughs> All right. That was a very enjoyable recommendation, Ralph. Did it make you cry? No. <laughs> Nothing makes me Apparently cry. Apparently made some people on Reddit, made some people on Reddit cry. Yeah. No, it was it was really emotionally impactful for sure. Yeah, really yeah, yeah. It's good. Like, uh, it's very accessible. I think. I think anyone who watches this would like it. Yeah, that's what I like about a lot of Italian cinema. It's like an introduction to all of these. Like, Just get past the first twenty minutes. <laughs> and the first, mm. I like the first twenty minutes. I I think I'll enjoy it more the next time I watch it. Just like I yeah. didn't know what I was grabbing onto. Watching it the first time. I was time. just thinking, yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but I really enjoy every part of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, it takes a while to get into it. I, I definitely agree. Um, but, like, in terms of introducing this kind of film movement to, like, someone, like, if you've never seen a kind of European a neorealism movie, <laughs> this mm-hmm. is definitely one of the best ones. Like, it's okay. just so, it's very intimate and, like, believable, I think. Yeah, very much. You don't have to know anything about the backstory to just, like, wow, that was a really good drama. Yeah. It's really, really, uh, really well done. And it does move fast and is short, so... Yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's very brisk, and yeah. I guess I criticized Sound of Metal. I said it should have been longer. Uh, not that it should have been longer. Like, it needed to be a be better movie. Uh, but this is one where I thought, like, the the length really... It feels like very tight piece. The themes yeah, that are very clear right. about poverty and desperation, yeah. It's just like, okay, point proved. Move on. <laughs> it's very Italian, doesn't we? Forget yeah, about it. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, forget about it. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, simplicity yeah. is, yeah, it works I did, really well. I did notice uh-huh. the, the wrist movements, even from the child, it was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
It's a very clever movie. It's very uh, very well made. Mm-hmm. I, I love the music as well. You said the music was a bit like cheesy. I thought the music's pretty. I great. just it felt really sappy at the beginning of the movie. Like it complemented it better <laughs> as it went along. But like, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't huge into the music like early on. I just felt like a lot of it just the tone wasn't justified. Maybe they were trying mm. to make it seem a bit more hopeful because that is the point. Maybe. That's like the every day in their in their life. Like, oh, this is supposed to be fine for them, even though I mean, relatively, it, it's not great. But at least mm. they have the bike still, or at least they have some amount of wealth at that yeah. point. Well, yeah, because I suppose the start of the movie is the hopeful part because he manages yeah. to actually get the bike and get a job, and it all seems on the up and up. Like, yeah. After mm. that twenty minutes, when the bike gets stolen, that's when it all starts to spiral. Mm-hmm. Do 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 do. It's like that kind of. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It just felt like the the tone of it was really sappy, and like borderline generic. Yeah. But I know saying generic is a weird thing to say about something in the forties because then it's like I don't have any frame of reference to know. Yeah, like, well, well yeah. this could have been the right, first right. one that did it, and now it sounds generic. Like, I don't know. So, <laughs> I mean, just I, I would have liked to have been there at the time and and kind of yeah. got that experience just in that mindset yeah because yeah. it is very like the after that 20 minutes it is very the neorealism or whatever kind of goes up mm-hmm. <laughs> like it becomes much more of a like that kind of modern day movie i wonder if at that time people were like oh this is a little it's a little weird a little too mm-hmm. dark mm-hmm. a little boring yeah probably <laughs> yeah they might have thought that back then because and then the first 20 minutes are fairly like kind of normal i think for that time more of the time Mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed the whole thing. I, I think it's pretty great. I've seen it a few times, and yeah, yeah. And the last, the ending is too. The ending, the climax is the mm-hmm. best yeah, part. Agrees. <laughs> once you get to that, it's like yeah. It's once it builds up to that part, you're like yeah, the whole thing was worth it. Any minor criticism I might have had is is you know th- this ending justifies the whole mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, existing. Yeah, I'm with you. And a lot of movies kind of wish they would have something that good, like at the end, and especially compared to like how how short the film is how little we got from these characters and in the amount of time and yet like uh you know i got to know a lot about them and sympathize with them awesome and wasn't it a thing where like the little kid was just like plucked off the set when they were filming (laughs) yeah a a lot of the actors like didn't have experience so that does help with the you know the the genuine nature of it yeah Mm -hmm. the realism vibe yeah the production company adopted him yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> very likable. Everyone was very likable. off the street like uh, Naomi Watts. Yeah, their characters are very friendly, vulnerable. Um, he takes a lot of criticism at the end. I felt very like sorry for him. You know, all those people yelling at him, and he couldn't really do anything about it. A lot of like they slapping play up him. the vulnerable. Yeah, slapping him. They play up the vulnerable qualities of these characters to make you like really sympathize with them. Obviously, a kid. You're gonna sympathize with a kid who has no money. He gets slapped by the guy. <laughs> he loses his temper. <laughs> Like yeah, it's just like Cleaning oh, I really, I really actually give a shit about these people. I feel sorry for them. I want I, the empathy um, that they build for these characters is it's it makes it an interesting movie. Yeah, I, I, I don't think a lot of movies have that either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just noticing this other poster for the Bicycle Thief. I never saw it that way. <laughs> is it like a different uh? It's the same movie. Yeah, that's that's must yeah, that must be what movie. I'm talking about. What I was getting confused mm-hmm. over. Yeah. 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 Very weird. I went. I went to the kids' IMDb page to see if he was anything else, and that that's the mm-hmm. the picture is just the poster for the the bicycle <laughs> the, the bicycle thief. thief. Yeah. yeah, it's oh, a Ladri right. di Bicicletta. That's Ladri is thieves. It's like 
Ladra would be yeah. a thief or yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, it needs to be plural for the the title to kind of have more meaning. Doesn't I it? guess yeah. it, it spoils it. <laughs> it could be either way. I don't know if spoils it spoils it. it because, like, when you see the group of them, you assume those people are all bicycle yeah, thieves. Yeah, yeah. Like they've okay. got like an operation, so it doesn't really spoil the character, the main character's ending. Yeah, yeah. I never expected it to go that direction. And then he just like by the end of it, he becomes a part of the title, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the movie is really about him. He's the bicycle thief. What are we, some kind of it bicycle thieves? <laughs> yeah, there's never a line like that. Why not? <laughs> yeah, there so should have been. That would have made it much better. Then <laughs> they remake it, don't worry. This film looks so much better than like Suicide Squad. It came out like 1940s. It's really mm. gorgeous lighting. Even just like the, the lenses they used. Like I love like the the out of focus stuff in the background. Like the mm-hmm. The blur just looks so good. <laughs> like, I, it, yeah, it looked fucking awesome. I think you'll yeah. find most movies look amazing compared to Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that is true. Like, Not saying this movie doesn't look great, but <laughs> uh huh, yeah. Comparing it to Suicide Squad is a pretty pretty easy <laughs> comparison. <laughs> Anything compared to Suicide Squad, yeah. Yeah. Jim Carrey's The Mask looks amazing compared to Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> it actually does. It does. I know, right? It's a very well-framed movie. I can imagine like just watching it with the sound off. I'd still really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I'm giving this one an 8 out of 10. It might get higher on a second watch, <laughs> but that's what I'm giving it for now. Yeah. Yeah, I'm torn between a sort of 8 or 9. I, I did like the simplicity and the realism of it that check it out on this this movie thing for anyone in the uk there's you get a seven day free trial so you can literally watch it for free so you've got no excuse nice. hey there you go we should get them to sponsor this <laughs> yeah man <laughs> i give bicycle thieves a 10 out of 10 or at least a nine it's a definitely at least a nine Mwah. i think the italian i think my little bias there's a cinema paradiso feel <laughs> well, yeah. I, I guess Cinema Paradiso is inspired by this with the kid and the uh, projector sure, yeah. kind of friendship. Yeah, it reminded me of that. I think this one stuck with me more than Cinema Paradiso. Yeah, yeah I think I prefer Yeah, well, this is, this is definitely a staple of Italian cinema. Yeah, so, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah, I totally understand why. I'd probably agree with you. Like, objectively, this is probably a better film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It works more as its own... Well, like, because if you don't have a love of cinema or whatever, then Cinema Paradiso, I guess it's still great. Obviously, you can still enjoy those characters. Mm-hmm. It's not as good okay. as, like, someone like me enjoying it because, you know, I love movies <laughs> or whatever, movie theaters or whatever the hell. Mm-hmm. I have more of a connection to that kind of stuff. This film just works on its own as a drama. Very self-contained. Mm-hmm. All right. So I guess that's Bicycle Thieves. Glad you guys enjoyed it. Awesome. Okay. Let's do some questions then from the Sardonicast community. If you want to leave your own questions for us to answer in future episodes, head over to the Sardonicast subreddit where there'll be a suggestion thread. Let's start with this one then from uh, Rosa GB. Have you guys done much traveling outside of your respective countries? Where have you been and what were your favorite experiences? Are there any places you particularly like to visit in the future, given the chance, once things are back to normal? Canada's nice. <laughs> but you're like you're doing like the American version of Canada where you just go to like Niagara Falls and that's <laughs> yeah. it, right? Like where that's have you actually been? That's technically that's not Canada. going to Canada. <laughs> Niagara no, it's, Falls, it's that's off. it. 
All right. So aside from Canada, I've been to... Yeah, uh, you went like 20 minutes across the border or some shit to go to a tourist destination. Yeah, yeah. You visited Canada. <laughs> Stayed at a Marriott. Yeah. Uh, I went to Mexico, like deep into Mexico, not just like on the... Not like not like New Mexico or Arizona. I went to uh, Italy. Italy was very nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. The Caribbean islands are cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just started getting the travel bug right as... I know, this right? COVID stuff started happening. Like, so uh, annoying. Well, uh, yeah, in 2019, I went to Athens, which was awesome. Um, cool. Yeah, I wanted to go... Uh, actually, for my birthday, I had a trip booked to um, Amsterdam, but obviously that was cancelled because of, of COVID, so mm-hmm. hoping to get back on that. And I, I want to go back to New Zealand. I want to go to America, Canada. I want to go... There aren't many places I don't want to go, to be honest. Yeah, I want to go to the UK at some point, or Europe. Yeah, it's not the best over here at the moment, but yeah, you should probably see yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Not at the moment. Mm-hmm. I'd like to, I'd like to just show up there and be like, so this is why people call it a shithole. And then like I'll have that perspective and then <laughs> be fine with that, you know? Yeah, man. In Italy I went to uh Frosinone, uh Venice, Florence, and Rome. Oh yeah. awesome. Rome is Rome is kinda dumpy. <laughs> yeah, a lot I've of people. It is like bicycle thieves still. <laughs> That's funny. It's like the same shit. <laughs> Florence was nice. Florence is very nice. Lots of good food. And Venice is nice, but it's sinking. They keep building up. I know, right? We we saw another That's movie. Terrifying. Um, Don't look now. It takes place in Venice. Yeah. yeah. The floor was a uh, five feet lower back then. <laughs> they keep building up. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. It'll probably be gone, like at some point. We'll see. But you, Adam? I've been to France. I've been to probably like six different states in the U.S. I think at least. Mm-hmm. I've been to Punta Cana, in the oh, Dominican okay. Republic. Oh wow! I went to Spain when I was younger, like thirteen or something, like family trip. Cool. Do you remember where you went? In Spain. Yeah, I think I, I went to Barcelona exactly. when I was like 15. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it was somewhere. I don't know. I'd have to ask my so parents. So, you've been like... to the US before, Alex, did you say? I did when I was, I think, 12. Went to yeah. California. Because you have to stop off... Um, to get to New Zealand, you have to stop off either in China or America. So, we stopped off in California and stayed mm. in a hotel for a few days. Just, oh, cool. I don't really remember that much because I was so young, but... Yeah, it seemed cool. All I really remember is in the hotel, like, all the crazy cereals that are very colorful <laughs> compared to what they are. Yeah. Fruit Loops or whatever. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I was I was just asking what states you'd been to. Yeah, all the states are very different. <laughs> They're almost like their own countries. <laughs> I've been to Texas, Hawaii, Arizona, mm-hmm. California, Nevada, Illinois, Montana probably somewhere else washington so that's eight cool yeah where was uh sundance was in utah okay nine then yeah i've been to utah yeah it's very so you've seen like a lot of variety like hawaii utah and (laughs) illinois yeah yeah i mean like there's 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 an insane variety just within my own country too yeah and i haven't even like explored Mm-hmm. everywhere that i possibly could in my country i there's there's provinces mm-hmm. that i haven't been to there's tons that i haven't done in my own country so yeah yeah like i it would be it would be cool to visit eastern canada at some point like far east canada 
Is that supposed to be kind of interesting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sure. Ton, tons of different vibes. There's like a French Canada, you know? Isn't that weird? It's just the yeah. whole French mm-hmm. province. <laughs> yeah, obviously the UK is like probably smaller than like a single state in America. So I've got a few yeah. less options in terms of that kind of stuff. So I've seen a lot of the UK. I've never been to Scotland though. Um, been to Wales a fair bunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. Isle of Wight is quite nice. Isle of Wight? Yeah, it's like a tiny island off, off the UK. Okay. Um, just called the Isle yeah, of Wight. Yeah, never heard of it. Yeah, I don't think I've been to the UK at all. I'd like to go to Scotland. I'd like to go to France. I'd like to go to UK. Yeah. Uh, where else? And, and I'd like to go to a lot of places in Europe. Yeah. Europe seems nice. Yeah, I would like to go to Germany and I would like to go to South Korea. I know a lot of people like really hype up the whole Japan thing, but I feel like South Korea would be more interesting. I could do Japan someday for sure. But... I, I do want to go to Japan. <laughs> I'd like to go to Japan, definitely. And South South Korea. Japan and South Korea, I'd like to do... I'd like to go to both of them. Mm-hmm. What about Australia? Australia? <laughs> Australia? That's so far. It's so far. Fuck that. It's, it's, uh, it's pretty there? hardcore. Yeah, yeah. I'd never felt that kind of heat before. Yeah. Like, by the Sydney <laughs> Opera House. I was, I was like, yeah. suffering. Because um, it was on the same trip when I was, like, 12. I'll do that someday... But mm-hmm. like in their winter, yeah, so it's the animals summer. too that <laughs> puts me off so much. Like my my auntie like just showed me like a casual black widow and stuff like that, and oh yeah, you know the dogs getting attacked by snakes and stuff. It's just parrots flying around. It's very odd. Everything wants to kill you. Vietnam, yeah. Vietnam's apparently nice. I'll go there mm-hmm. for vacation. Yeah, we'll see what happens post COVID. I'm excited to be able to travel again. Regardless mm-hmm. of how much traveling I actually do. I know. Yeah. You don't miss it till you don't have a choice anymore. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to go to California just like last weekend. But the travel and all that shit, you know, they're closing everything down over there. Mm-hmm. Restaurants. It just wasn't worth it. I'm like, all right, fuck this. Yeah. 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 The flight. yeah, I went to Boston and said, yeah, just going back and forth. It's it's not even worth traveling. Yeah, because there's so much restriction. Yeah. In mm-hmm. another year or less, maybe? I don't know. Depends. Yeah, we'll see. Depends how people are with vaccines, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They're rolling it out. Yeah. It'll be like, I am legend. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. You know, I'd forgotten about that bloody <laughs> movie until you said that it. That movie sucks, too. It's bad. Will Smith. <laughs> I remember finding it. That was the first uh, 12 I saw at the cinema, was I am uh, legend. They killed a dog. <laughs> yeah. When I think bad movie endings, I think of that movie. <laughs> Will Smith blowing himself up. Spoiler. There's like an alternate one on the DVD. I yeah, remember. and it's just or something. It seems so much better. Oh, what's yeah. the other one? The, so base. Okay, so for context, spoilers for I Am Legend. The shitty ending that we got was <laughs> Will Smith is like they're trying to break in uh, to this space over here. The vampires. So I'm gonna yeah, detonate this bomb while you guys go hide in here, and they're like come hide in here with us. And he's like, no, I won't fit. But it's so obvious that it'll fit. Like, it's like, there's no reason that, <laughs> like, the, he, there's literally no reason at all that he has to sacrifice himself other than to be noble for the audience, right? Uh, so he kills <laughs> yeah. himself and that's the end of the movie. But in the original, I don't remember if this was based off a book or a comic or something. I or maybe it was just book, the original. Yeah. yeah, the original ending that they had planned but decided not to go with was that he found out that the creatures he'd been fighting this whole time 
were like they saw him as the enemy and they were actually smarter than than the film led you to believe and that everything that they were doing throughout the film was more defensive than offensive and so oh. like he had kidnapped one of them and they were just like trying to get him back sort of thing mm. and so he was like i was the villain the whole time it seemed like a bit too <laughs> i don't know challenging i guess for an average audience yeah that's, that sounds kind of dumb too but yeah <laughs> depending on how it's handled i don't know it's at least more interesting definitely than what they did what they did was pretty dumb i mean the whole mm -hmm. concept of the movie was dumb yeah yeah that's what you got it's pretty bad but i remember it like building up tension and then you see the vampire monsters and they're these really stupid oh, yeah. like cg exaggerated <laughs> yeah, things like in that final it scene it looked shitty even when it came out yeah exactly like smashing his head against the glass and stuff and it's just like no <laughs> subtlety to it yes yeah. popcorn movie i guess it's just supposed to be fun don't think about it <laughs> that's like all of will smith's movies though yeah it is very will smith I, i've definitely noticed a d decline in his movies like they're just so kind of dumb like after it feels like i am legend it feels like a downgrade <laughs> of that or like yeah. collateral beauty like i don't even know what that was trying but, to be that's like seven pounds if, if it was even worse i noticed that well is it like a western that he was in the movie he declined the matrix to do it was like some western oh, yeah, oh, wild, wild wild west, west or <laughs> yeah i saw that yeah. was on netflix um I, I don't know what it's like wicked wicked wild wild west <laughs> he made a song for the movie <laughs> his uh his music career not a huge fan of his music microwave chicken 454 has one for us what are some great movies with terrible posters these can so, sometimes you got to proofread these things guys can these can either completely misleading or just plain bad. <laughs> Great movies are terrible posters, basically. Um, mm -hmm. One that jumps to my mind is actually Lord of the Rings. I, I don't really like the posters very much, despite how much I adore the movies. I feel like it started that just shoving all the main actors like in, in a row thing that like all the mm -hmm. big blockbusters do now. I feel like you could get way sure. more creative. Yeah, yeah. I get why they do it, but it's not like the best posters or anything. Mm -hmm. I guess the X Men movies aren't great, but X Men First Class—that's like an infamous example. I think we mentioned it of like yeah. the silhouette, and it has like James McAvoy's face in the middle. That's bad. The Homeland, uh, or oh, not Homeland, Homecoming, Spider-Man Homecoming. That poster, pretty crappy. Like you said, Alex, the oversaturation of elements, <laughs> like just a bunch of crap mm -hmm. thrown on. Yeah, we're like far from home. Just looks like a, like the Photoshop is pretty bad too. I don't think Photoshop should be like too noticeable in in like a poster. Yeah, agreed. Where it just looks like it's a big collage. It just looks very I don't know corny. I've noticed like a few posters that are basically like alternates for movies that are good. Where it's mm -hmm. like they get marketed in a different country, and you see just how another country decided to market it. I guess <laughs> there's mm. like. There's a Japanese poster for Synecdoche, New York that looks a little too silly, a little too, like, <laughs> comedic yeah, in tone. Yeah, that's usually not great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm trying to think yeah. of the <laughs> ones that are, like, good movies that have shitty posters that are, like, American, though. Mm -hmm. Usually good movies have good posters, I think. Or at least my yeah. version of good movies. Or at least great movies. Yeah, <laughs> at least great movies. Like, I'm trying to think. Hmm. I'm scanning my Blu-ray shelf. It's harder with great movies because, you know, obviously the worst movies have the worst posters. Usually. Yeah. I know that there's like a bunch of really good movies that have posters that are just 
pretty generic looking at least mm-hmm. yeah. right they're just kind of minimalist or whatever yeah i, I feel yeah. the same way children like of men kind of standardized a... like i don't know like the poster mm-hmm. oh here fuck i've got a great answer the poster for uh blade runner 2049 because it shows fucking uh mm. yeah, yeah that's kind I, of I agree with, about with all the just all the characters like in front of each other yeah harrison ford is spoiled in that movie it also looks pretty generic on its own but like I don't know. The whole marketing campaign for that one it was not supposed to reveal that Harrison Ford is in it, but they just went against what Denis Villeneuve wanted. Yeah, that's a great answer. That's a really bad poster. <laughs> yeah, it, whatever. That's thanks, Sony. People. I mentioned Children of Men because uh, it's just kind of Clive Owen on the cover and like text. Like, there's nothing really to market with that movie. It's usually just like, yeah, it's just him. Yeah, like, they just put him and they put the text. There's nothing. Yeah, that's all. What are you going to do with with these movies? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't really annoy me that much with movies because it is just a marketing thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So people see, oh, Ryan Gosling's in that. Let's go see that. I do like a poster being good. It is like a yeah, cartridge. Like, oh, I, uh, it adds, it makes your mind buzz. So, oh, what's this going to be about? Yeah, it shouldn't spoil or be misleading, though. Mm-hmm, that. But uh, Tarantino posters are always pretty great. Edgar Wright movies. Hot Fuzz and Shaun of the Dead have very memorable posters, I think. Yeah. I was just looking through, like, my favorites list. None of them are, like, that bad. You know? <laughs> I don't look at any of these, like, they're yeah, bad posters. It, it just doesn't get much worse than that first class one, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at that point, I feel like I've yeah, seen a new There's low. some bad posters out there, but mm-hmm. not a whole lot on great movies. I'm sure that there's some that I'm not remembering right now, but... Yeah, those posters for, like, mockbusters. Mm-hmm. There's one I saw that was funny. It was like Ex Machina. <laughs> you know, it looked like the same exact thing. Oh, yeah. But it was, uh, yeah. It was like the same exact poster, except it looked really shitty. Let's see if I can find the, the name of it. Yeah, here it is. AI Rising. <laughs> <laughs> nice. AI Rising. Good title. That's yeah, a bad poster if you want to see. Oh, yeah, that is bad. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. There's like a list on Letterboxd, like uh, posters that rip off, you know, other movies. That's what, that's like one of them. Like, wow. Yeah, that's really bad. That is horrendous. Uh, but, but, but yeah, you could find, you could find that list if you want to see more shit like that. <laughs> no place for a hero has this to say. Does it ever feel overwhelming to edit and store hundreds of gigabytes of footage from movies you hate? I tried making a review of a movie I liked and I got sick of looking at it. After about an hour, I can't imagine sorting through 10 hours of Lion King 2019 bonus features on nine, movie, nine movies worth of DreamWorks ripoffs without having an utter breakdown. I only ask because Adam seems to have a good time scrubbing through terrible movies. It was closer to 40 hours of Lion King. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, like, yeah, it's um, if I wasn't able to have the, I guess, mental fortitude to go through all that shit then it just wouldn't be in my videos, right? So, like, that that's that's part of what separates my videos is that I'm going through so much bullshit promotional material <laughs> where I'm literally like, I'll look at every single one of these search results on YouTube. I don't give a fuck. Because I want to, you know, sometimes it's hard to find little exploitable moments. Sometimes you do have to dig that deep to find parts that will turn out being like some of the funniest moments in the review or some of the best supporting pieces of information even. Yeah. I don't know if I've just got an inverse brain or something because it's the most fun part to me is like just 
finding the stuff, you know, and just going through it. Mm -hmm. I like that stuff. I I don't know. Yeah, I enjoy it too. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's all I had. What was the question? Just how do you do it? I don't know. I was just like, if you like it, like how do you fucking stand it? I, I enjoy it just fine. I like looking. Through, I like looking through shit. It makes me laugh. Yeah, as like long cats. as it's making me think something <laughs> in some way, you know. Like if it's absolutely just straight down the middle, just no response from anything. That can be like just incredibly hard to get through. But a lot of the time, I don't know. It just promotes you thinking about stuff. Mm-hmm. Let's do this one then from It's Paul Cruz. What are your thoughts on John Favreau? On one hand, I know all of you, especially Adam, were disappointed with Lion King 2019, though after the, watching The Mandalorian, I'm pretty impressed by his storytelling abilities. And yeah, I was uh, surprised to see him show up in uh, The Sopranos, even. <laughs> yeah. He's got a history of... I don't know, he's done some okay stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Chef is incredible, obviously. Um, <laughs> I thought it was fine. Chef's, I didn't... Yeah, chef's pretty good. Chef's pretty good. Yeah. I like Chef. I was lukewarm on it. Yeah, yeah. I, memes aside, I think it's good. Um, Swingers, like I think Swingers, like his big breakout. I like Iron Man. He's got the good stuff. Yeah. He just strikes me as like the um. He loves the technology side. It's it's why we got Lion King, but it's also why we got like the Mandalorian. You know. Mm-hmm. He, he's just obsessed with the, the tinkering and that dome thing he's made for Mandalorian and the Jungle Book and everything. He's, he's one of those kind of directors that wants to push those boundaries. And I don't know, it can work and it can not. But I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't completely write him off just because of The Lion King, to be honest, because I, th- I think he's good at the kind of campy serial kind of storytelling that does work well for your Iron Mans and your Star Wars-y kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, even his best movies I've found to be good. I've I've never been like blown away by his films. So mm-hmm. I don't know. He's got some cool ideas. Like there's that whole like gigantic screen room thing in the Mandalorian. Like there's some cool technology ideas for yeah, sure. That is cool. That he gets mm-hmm. to work with and that's awesome. As a storyteller, I'm not like I, I wouldn't say that he's like amazing or yeah. anything. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, f- I feel his stuff usually plays very safe. They're, it's usually good. I, I wouldn't even say any of his films are bad. And I haven't seen Jungle Book or Lion King. But they're never like, they never excel in any way. <laughs> they're never that memorable. I always forget he made Elf. Oh, yeah, Elf. That's kind of a Christmas classic. But, you know, yeah. personally, I, I find it kind of annoying. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was never huge on that movie either. I'm surprised that a lot of people speak so positively about it. Yeah, people really like that movie, and and I understand it. People think it's funny. People like Will Ferrell too. I'm not a yeah. huge Will mm-hmm. Ferrell guy. Me neither. Um, yes, <laughs> but he's done a like Iron Man. I think is pretty. Cowboys and Aliens. Cowboys and Aliens sucks. Yeah, <laughs> like that's a shit. Direct. <laughs> yeah, he did. Yeah, it's oh, just uh... stupid. It's fucking dumb. Yeah, it's really stupid. <laughs> but like Iron Man is really the technology side. Of Iron Man too. Like that's a really well made movie. I thought. In terms of like his directing style, I just like there's so many movies of him from him that he's directed and I wouldn't be able to tell you that he was the director without like looking that up. Yeah. He's like very mm-hmm. bland and generic in terms of like sure. how he films things in for mm-hmm. the most part, mm-hmm. aside from some technology stuff, I guess. Yeah. Well, yeah, cuz he's I mean he's 
acted in a lot of things, and he's obviously got his comedic kind of chops, so I guess he approaches it more from that angle. Yeah, so. exactly. And I think they're playing it safe. Like, he gets to work on these big franchises and kind of do things like that because his movies aren't that out there or risky. I don't see, like, a Gaspar Noé kind of director working on, <laughs> you know, Lion King because his movies are very risky. Barry Jenkins. Barry, Barry Jenkins, that is. Lion King, too. Although, I, I feel like Moonlight is a pretty accessible movie. Like, I, I, I thought it was great anyway. Okay. I mean, maybe maybe not for some people. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wish I knew what most people liked. <laughs> I guess Scott Pilgrim, like, I thought people would like that shit. Movie bombed. True. All right. <laughs> True. Brokeback112 has one. What's a director you thought had potential but turned out to be sort of a one-trick pony? Or a hack? Can't say George <laughs> Lucas. Too easy of an answer. Hmm. Chris Nolan. <laughs> <laughs> Hack or One Trick Pony is a bit strong for who my gut is telling me to say, but I feel like Taika Waititi is is bordering on Ooh. turning into that for me because I, I don't know. I really like Boy and Hunt for the Wilder People, and I was loving that vo- that side of him. And now hearing that like he's doing a Star Wars movie and he's kind of been swallowed mm-hmm. up into the Disney yeah. hole. Um, he's like he's like John Favreau now. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, I just hope we can get some more of his like quirky Kiwi stuff again. But I don't know. He's he's very successful, so I won't take that away from him. Okay, mm-hmm. I've got like I've got like four directors right here. One of them being Andrew Nichol, who had kind of like a uh, M Night trajectory with his uh, films. It just got worse and worse mm-hmm. and worse. He did have more than one good one though, so I I don't know if I could call him a one trick pony. He uh, wrote the Truman Show. He directed Gattaca and uh, Lord of War. And then just after that point, just completely just stopped making oh good things. In time. Um, yeah, in time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, in time. Yeah. It's bad. It's so bad. Uh, Adam Wingard. I, I, liked, I liked the guest, and that was kind of... I wanted to see the rest of his stuff, and the rest of his stuff, I noticed. That's funny. It's not so good. Yeah, it's not so good. Death Note. And- We've got Jeff Nichols. Director of Shotgun Stories, which was fine. Take Shelter, which I really liked. Mud, which was uh, a lot of people liked, but I didn't. And uh, I remember liking Mud. He's just directing a bunch of bullshit that nobody watches. <laughs> I don't know. He seemed to have potential. Yeah, first. it was Midnight Special. I noticed it with that, where it's like, oh, he's getting like these amazing casts, and it's just not hitting home, is it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We got. Uh, Duncan Jones, director of Moon, Ooh, then yeah. Source Code, then Warcraft, then Mute. We were talking about movies like deaf movies, or, or, or like a character that is deaf in the movie Sound of Metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just thought of Mute. I was like, oh yeah, there was the, that was a movie that tackled a similar kind of character. <laughs> and yet Mute's fucking terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so really bad. bad. It's a perfect example of like a director who totally just lost it i'd forgotten about that yeah there seemed to be a lot of potential there even moon i don't think is moon i don't think is incredible but i liked moon a lot and then i think source code is a better film i I thought it was an improvement in a lot of ways it was more complicated of a story and and like execution but then from there just like yeah completely went down yeah warcraft the beginning yeah warcraft i'm like this is dumb i don't want to watch and then mute is a piece of garbage Mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
Yeah, that's a good answer. The Duncan Jones. We got another one here. Dan Gilroy, director of Nightcrawler, mm-hmm. then Roman J. Israel Esquire, and then Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah, it's a big. So he had down. one really good Oof. movie. Yeah, seemed to have potential, and then just uh, yikes. <laughs> yeah, Velvet Buzzsaw was. Velvet really Buzzsaw was. Both of those movies are bad. Did you see the Roman J? I think I tried watching it. I watched like, 10. Yeah, exactly. I tried watching so it. Like, I couldn't even say the fucking title. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A movie that nobody watched but got nominated for an Oscar anyway. For acting, I guess. All right. Those are my answers. There's a few of them there. But yeah, there's a bunch. Somebody just makes a good movie and then turns out that was the only good movie they're going to make. M. Night is, I guess, one. He had a few. Mm-hmm. I'd say he peaked early. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Split is all right. Sarcastidon has one for us. Since you guys all have fairly successful YouTube channels with well-edited content, what are your thoughts on Video Game Donkey's recent stunt to satirize mainstream YouTubers and how this joke apparently helps him get a lot more exposure because of YouTube's algorithms that prefer quantity over quality? Do you guys see YouTube as a sustainable platform since decreasing the quality of your content and just pushing out shitty reaction videos and unedited gameplay footage every day is something that is rewarded by this system? Exactly. What's rewarded is long content and more of it, I guess. Yeah, whoever, which you can't make unless uploads, you're like a mega... Right. Whoever you know, uploads like the Kill. most and the longest. Yeah, exactly. Or you just upload literally... you watching something for three hours or you know something yeah. like that mm-hmm. which i'm not opposed to i think that kind of content is actually good like having a long form content i think that is a great kind of tool that we should use on this site that like most other things they just won't let you do it yeah. you know yeah. like tv you can't have a three hour long thing without commercials and you know but youtube you can so it's cool but yeah it's it i don't want to see shitty content I don't want the oversaturation of three-hour-long fucking videos. <laughs> yeah, it's just that the result like of the algorithm. Mm-hmm. It's just, you can't avoid it. If you design the platform to reward certain behavior, that's yeah. just yeah. going to be the prevalent behavior. But as long as you, I think if you make good content and it's high quality and you put it out there, even if it's not so often, I feel like an independent creator could be okay and, and make money. Yeah. Or at least that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> it must be much harder now to kind of first get noticed, I suppose. I, I don't know. Yeah. With that kind of content. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's very difficult. Yeah. Everything's oversaturated. But, I mean, like, I don't know, the the market for what you would call higher quality content rather than just bullshitting out a bunch of dumb videos that you don't care about and that nobody's going to rewatch... There's still a market for that, right? There's certain people who mm-hmm, go to YouTube exactly. for certain things. There's certain people that go to YouTube for other things. So just because more people are doing one thing and more people are interested in watching one thing doesn't mean that there's nobody who's interested in watching something that you might mm-hmm. want to make. So if you're doing your own thing and you're doing it for a reason and you like it, then chances are somebody else will probably like it too. So I don't think it like kills the, the platform or... No. makes it so that people who want to do that sort of thing can't operate it's not like just because the the algorithm is incentivizing people to make content that's not like mine i don't think that that means that eventually my content will get phased out of existence no there will always be certain people looking for it even if it's not as many mm-hmm. yeah i guess it's just a concern when like the last time 
the algorithm shifted and it like murdered all the animators who used to be they kind of ruled the roost for a while in the mm-hmm. earlier youtube because it was rewarding the rewatchable but short kind of style instead of now it's more about the the watch time but yeah i suppose it's always possible if you find your niche and build an audience mm-hmm. show me your bob z69 as one do you sod ass bitches exercise if so <laughs> what do you do <laughs> yeah exercise well i walk the dog yeah walking's a big you, one uh, run on the treadmill elliptical running yeah a lot of running bike riding hiking mm-hmm. i don't lift a lot of weights or do stuff like that yeah i only really started weight stuff uh this year um because i've always just walking i haven't gone to the gym a lot yeah well yeah the gym hasn't been the most viable thing the last <laughs> the last year yeah so. yeah i go on my exercise bike when i can I play video games while I do it. I've got like entire series of games that I've played just on my <laughs> exercise bike that I stream at the same time. Mm. So like uh, my Dark Souls videos. You probably burnt quite a few calories doing a uh, Shrek Two with the what's that? Oh, yeah, game Beat Saber. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Beat Saber. Yeah, fuck. Yeah, I VR, wanted like yeah. I was doing helps. Beat Saber for exercise for a while, and then Twitch changed their rules about like like copyrighted music and stuff, and so I just oh, like, gave right, up. yeah. It's just like ah oh, fuck. Because, like, I don't know, the more fun stuff on Beat Saber is the modded stuff where you can just do whatever songs that people create. Mm-hmm. And I just don't really play games if I can't stream them. <laughs> so, <laughs> Even if it's, like, workout time? Well, yeah, I mean, the the whole point of me working out while I'm playing a game and streaming it is so that I can justify doing it in my own head. <laughs> you know? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, multitask. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I need to, I need to monetize this and work out and play video Ultra games. Ultra create content, man. <laughs> you need to create. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's to, it's to like check off all the boxes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I used to I love swimming, but swimming, swimming is fun. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome, but again, like you can't really go to pools at the moment. It's like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in the summer again. I sw- swam a lot. Yeah. No mother has one about my homeland. How do you all, especially Alex, feel about British people becoming the internet's new favourite punching bag? <laughs> Hasn't it? It's, it's probably deserved. There's a lot of stuff to make fun. It's easy to make fun of it, you know? Just British culture is very silly. Yeah, I don't know. When you colonise, like, every single country on the fucking globe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> feel like you might might get, a, like, a little bit of just fun jabby memes, you know? <laughs> yeah, the, the only one that gets me is the is the accent one where everyone thinks everyone just speaks like a Cockney all the time. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. In it, it's <laughs> Tuesday, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, that does exist. But like, it's not the majority of people. Like, I just love to imagine, <laughs> like what, like the uh, the average American thinks like it is like in the center of london if they've never been there <laughs> we and think it's like cockpit like just that. yeah Oi, if you just yeah. Up, like twitter memes like it's like literally like sherlock holmes or yeah something. yeah exactly that's what i imagine <laughs> <laughs> i don't know maybe yeah. it is that ridiculous and i'm just used to it uh, that's always possible i don't mm-hmm. know like every when people think canadian accent they they think of like the most stereotypical version right true yeah a boot and shit like that <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. British memes are kind of funny. I didn't realize it's like it's now been more than usual. I'll get, I, although I guess like yeah, yeah now I that, didn't realize now it either. That you mention yeah. 
Maybe you'll just start noticing it everywhere now. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's it's mostly just the accent thing is what I've noticed. <laughs> That's about it. Well, yeah, we do have a pretty funny accent, but... Goosey McGooseface 2 has a good one. What dystopian film has hit the nail on the head in terms of how the future turned out? <laughs> Blade Runner. Yeah, you took my answer. That's that's the one. <laughs> it the literally, yeah. Thing. Megacorp, like, giant skyscrapers, yeah, pollution. Yeah, maybe not the flying cars, but uh-huh. the... The over, like, you know, like uh, monetization, like, ads everywhere, kind of like lights and yeah, ads. I picture, like, everywhere. Times Square. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch. Dy- dystopian, yeah. It's perfect. The Holy Mountain. It. Plenty of scenes in that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a bizarre one. A bit more <laughs> esoteric. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, like, they're talking about real things no, at yeah. the same time. Yeah, you know, definitely. Like, that whole sequence where everybody's, like, getting, like, these weird body mods and shit. Mm-hmm. Like, mm. wearing a mask mm-hmm. to, like, pretend to be somebody else. Her had a very optimistic view of the future. I wouldn't call it dystopian. <laughs> for some people that might be dystopian though <laughs> except for like the pollution yeah her there was a bit yeah. of pollution too yeah i guess that's mm-hmm. something you can't really escape yeah yeah i'm trying to think i know that there's ones that like were even being mentioned like a week ago that i'm trying to remember mm-hmm. blade runner is probably the most significant one that's why it's so remembered <laughs> i mean it is it is pretty accurate maybe in time actually yeah, with everyone <laughs> creating time around. <laughs> yes. I'll give you a minute for an hour. You're fucking with me, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm fucking with you. I'll give you a minute yeah. for an hour. Yeah, it's just like ridiculous <laughs> dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Great dialogue. I don't know. Like, uh, I have no idea. I know that there are ones mm-hmm. that exist that I'm like going to kick myself later for not remembering. Right <laughs> How about Looper? Looper, what? <laughs> Maybe if we find time travel and then... <laughs> like, there's elements of every kind of dystopian yeah. movie, like Brazil. Like, there are some elements in that, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's not completely. Well, yeah, like Brazil, kind of. It's it's similar. The uh... Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, you're right, you're right. That's what I meant to say. White Draper Teller asks this. What are your thoughts on Breaking Bad's Ozymandias? Does it deserve the hype of being the best TV episode of all time? If not, what do you think are the best episodes of TV ever? Which one is that? It's up there. What what happens uh, in that so episode? Which episode? I don't, don't want to spoil it. It's it's one of the last episodes. We can just say spoilers. <laughs> We've all seen it, right? Yeah, yeah. Spoilers mm. for Ozymandias. It's toward the end of Breaking Bad season five episode, like third to last episode. It's when, like, Walt loses everything. Hank gets killed. Walt goes on the run. Jesse's taken hostage. Marie convinces Skylar to tell Walt Jr. the truth. It's mm-hmm. a Ryan Johnson one, actually. Yeah, Ryan Johnson directed Ooh. Also directed The Fly. I, I like that episode a lot. I think it would be up there for, as, for Breaking Bad episodes. Probably yeah, best episodes episode. ever. It is very well done. Like, the drama. Do you like The, the Fly? I never really understood yeah, the controversy like the over The Fly. Um, because it's not really... some people, like, hate that episode. basically skip that episode. You basically skip it. It has no kind of like a filler episode in a way. Yeah. It can be seen as a filler episode. I think it's very significant in terms of, like, the, the character arcs. But in terms of the plot, the rest of Breaking Bad is pretty tight. Except for that. Mm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Breaking Bad's got a lot of great episodes. Sopranos has great episodes. There's probably, like, there's a famous episode in season three 
where Paulie and Christopher lose like a Russian guy in the woods. That's yeah. probably that should That's be considered one. one of the best episodes ever. Yeah, that, that's really funny. That episode's really good. And they get stuck in a car and they're eating like ketchup packets. <laughs> yeah, really funny. Yeah, Simpsons probably got a few. I don't typically think of shows by episode. I guess I usually think of them like by season. Even with Simpsons or like a comedy show like that. Like, The Office has really funny episodes. <laughs> mm-hmm. Depends on the kind of show it is. Well, what about Mr. Robot Ralph? <laughs> yeah, those are... It's like a drama, though. Those are so kind of integral. Like, you have to watch every single one. I don't know if... I have definitely episodes I like more. But I, I wouldn't just recommend one episode. I would recommend the whole thing. Yeah, but they do have those episodes that almost feel like like a movie. Like mm-hmm. the, the one with the mosque. And yeah, in, the, in that last yeah. season with the, the multiple acts one, that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. That's probably the best episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Episode seven, season four, episode seven. The pilot of Six Feet Under is really great. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, the last, e- the last episode of pilot Six of Feet Under. Pilot of Lost yeah. is iconic. Both of those. Pilot of The Walking Dead. I mean, it's good. Pretty iconic. Yeah. Got everyone hooked on that show. The rest of the show sucks. Is it, is it finished yet? That that, that show. Walking Dead is still going. I think. I think they're ending it soon. How many seasons has it got to? Because I think I gave up around four or five. Season ten, I think. Yeah, Eleven, maybe. I don't know. Oh my god. It's still around though. Tim and Eric, awesome show. Great job. I do have a favorite mm-hmm. episode from that. It's called Universe. And it's got all the fucking hits. Even though it's like a really like ADHD show where it's just a bunch of random skits. It's like that particular episode just has like so many of my favorite ones in it. That it, if you've never seen Tim and Eric Awesome Show Great Job, that would be the episode to start with. It's in season four. It's called The Universe. And then on top of that, I don't know. What shows do I like? Nothing. I don't like anything. <laughs> God, there's, there's, I'm trying to remember the name of the show you recommended for Sardonicast Adam. The, the, the wacky Xavier Renegade one. Angel. Um, Xavier, the, the, the episode <laughs> with like his. <laughs> I don't even know how to describe it. Like his clone or whatever. His like mirror image. <laughs> that's a great episode. You know, I'm that's, gonna watch that as soon to. as we're done recording this. <laughs> yeah, that's a great. I'm one. like, I need, I'm in the mood to watch something fucking really stupid. Awesome. And yeah, that sounds right. That gets me every alley. time. Yeah, it is really funny. The one where they leak the virus in the in the lake, like <laughs> yeah, you know I can't. That's one where I, it's like you, Adam. You remember the seasons? I can't even remember an episode of that show. I just remember like ten second snippets. Like there is mm-hmm. no story. Like I can't remember imagery. a single. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just like these vague images come in my head, <laughs> and like no no story or anything. It's just like nonsense. <laughs> Such a bizarre show. On similar lines, Jake Wyman says. What movie do you think deserves a remake as a show or miniseries? As much as I enjoyed the movie and books, I personally would love to see a proper Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy series on Netflix Prime or whatever. Mm -hmm. I feel this way about a fair few Nolan things, actually. Like Tenet being a recent one, I think could work pretty well as as like a miniseries type thing. And the same with Inception, even. It might give it more time because the character stuff has always been a weakness. So actually giving some time for characters to be developed while having kind of like an intricate plot could be really cool. That would be very interesting. I would actually like a a complicated time travel story like that told in a series. That sounds really cool. Yeah, just a bit more time. 
Yeah. <laughs> Ironically. Because you, we talked about like, you know, like stories being told over seasons or like Mr. Robot or uh, Breaking Bad. They tell like kind of, it's basically like a long movie. Yeah. And it would be really cool like to add an extra layer of complexity onto that <laughs> and do like mm-hmm. the time travel thing like Tenet does where you have a story yeah. that's like, it goes all over the place and it, it folds in on itself. Yeah, that would be really trippy. Yeah, especially if you cared about I, the characters. I could totally see Nolan doing something like that. Yeah. I, it's a shame Nolan's so, like, devoted to this this pure cinema thing, which I, I, I get. I love it, too, because I love seeing IMAX movies, but he could make a really good miniseries. Yeah. He could make, like, a 10-hour-long yeah. thing that's really cool and write it. it, it he definitely could. I, I would like to see something different from him, too, mm-hmm. because every other director's doing a miniseries or whatever. He's just so adamant against the hbo max thing <laughs> i don't understand you know because yeah. like those, those people employ him too warner brothers <laughs> they they like funded his movies i don't know yeah. why he's so like defensive against <laughs> it he could like embrace the art form i think a lot of people have do you see someone on our subreddit because tenet's out on digital now they whipped mm-hmm. it out on their phone and watched it. <laughs> they put phone. it like under their TV. Yeah. yeah. That's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they have like a huge flat screen, like right above. Yeah. I felt like Dr. Sleep would have worked better as a miniseries. So. Yeah. That's a good mm-hmm. pick. Yeah. There was just like so much more that they could have explored in that universe. And it's two and a half mm-hmm. hours long anyway. And yet there's just so many characters that didn't get properly explored you know yeah that was like a soft reboot of the shining like those kind of i feel like that would almost work better as miniseries or like at a long that, yeah because you could tell exactly a story a I bit differently it. you could tell a similar story but in a you know in a much more elongated form mm-hmm. it would kind of add something to it as opposed to just kind of the same thing again like what are you going to talk you're going to top kubrick like <laughs> he did yeah. that already like just yeah, fucking do something, make it ten hours long. Like you, you can you can develop those characters so much to where a movie can't even really compete. The Breaking yeah. Bad characters are so much more complicated than something you'd see in a movie, just because they have more time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The Lion King twenty nineteen as a mini series. <laughs> I don't fucking know. Well, no, you're getting a full sequel for that one. New yeah. songs and all. <laughs> Yay! Like they're gonna be as good as you'll. Maybe Yeah, Pharrell's oh. Pharrell's back. He's returned because <laughs> he's so important and just makes everything so great. Pharrell, like a uh, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a really great track record when it comes to working on movies. Minions yeah. song, the happy song. Cause I'm yeah. happy. <laughs> he did it. When's Minions 2 coming out? <laughs> well, it should that be out, but in another timeline, we had that movie already, and yeah, exactly. was right no, in the world. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything went wrong. <laughs> God damn you, COVID. <laughs> yeah. The rise of Groot. Yeah. I was really looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, mm. I know you were hyped for that, Ralph, so I'm sorry about that. <laughs> all right. Um, I guess that does it for today. Yeah, for today and the questions. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the questions. They were they were pretty good. So I guess we got a movie recommendation from mm-hmm. Alex. Right, it's me, yeah. So I've been a bit torn up on this one because uh, this is a movie I wanted to talk about for a while and I saw... Only Adam has it rated, so I know he's seen it at least, but I've never seen it. 
and I'm really mm-hmm. curious to jump in on the, and I hope the conversation will be good. And that's for the 2001 movie Freddy Got Fingered. Um, nice. Nice. Talk Have about you seen it. that, Ralph? No. Oh, shit. Oh, cool. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. So this might be a good conversation then, because I know very little. I know vaguely what the discussion is like, but I've purposefully okay. avoided it because I always wanted to see it myself. <laughs> cool. All right. This sounds Sweet. fun. Awesome. Comedy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Sweet. All right. So if you don't want to get spoiled for uh, Freddy Got Fingered 2001, directed by Tom Green and starring and written by Tom Green, mm-hmm. then watch it before next episode. Uh, these episodes come out every two weeks. You can listen to them early by going to sardonicast.com, signing up for premium. Also, patreon.com slash sardonicast. Support the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got merch also. And yeah, if uh, we, we recorded this one early. So so is this going up after Christmas? So this is a post-Christmas episode. Yeah, yeah, it is. This is going up after Christmas. So yeah, Correct. hopefully it was a nice Christmas. Yeah. Have a happy new year. Merry belated Christmas, but... If you're mm-hmm. you're probably listening to this before Christmas, if you sign up for premium, mm-hmm. good transition. Got him. All right, <laughs> I'm I'm actually hyped <laughs> for Freddy Got Fingered. Yes, listen. Yeah, All right, it should be funny. <laughs> All right, it should be. Thanks everyone. Thanks Bye. for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Thanks. Yeah. Take care. <laughs> Have a good one.